you to take your Bibles and turn immediately, please, to Galatians chapter 6. This is meant to be our last lesson in Galatians. We've spent all year on Wednesday nights, 20-some times that I actually preached on Wednesday nights, 25 times, whatever it was. And we're in Galatians chapter 6. We're on this, finishing up this series on living in liberty. Of course, Galatians is all about salvation by grace alone through faith. And we've used chapter 1, we talked about being born free. Chapter 2, we talked about freedom's fight. Chapter 3, we talked about being deceived or bewitched, to use the word that's used in verse 1. And then chapter 4, we looked at the sons of liberty. And in chapter 5, we looked at liberty, not bondage. This chapter 6 is life, love, and the pursuit of happiness. And we looked at verses 1 through 9 uh, last Wednesday night. And let's begin in verse number 9, as a matter of fact. And I'm going to let you remain seated for the reading of God's word. And let's read responsibly, though. I'll read the odd-numbered verses. Read with me, please, the, the even-numbered verses, beginning in verse number 10 to the end of the, the book. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Ye see how large a letter I have written unto you with mine own hand. As many as desire to make a fair show in the flesh, they constrain you to be circumcised, only lest they should suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. For neither they themselves who are circumcised keep the law, but desire to have you circumcised, that they may glory in your flesh. But God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world." For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. And as many as walk according to this world, rule, peace be on them, and mercy, and upon the Israel of God. From henceforth let no man trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. Brethren, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. And so thus is the end of the reading of this book of Galatians. And we looked at last week, we looked at uh, verses 1 through 5, we looked at the need to bear burdens, we're to be burden bearers, the key verse is verse number 1, brethren, if a man be overtaken in his fault, you which are spiritual, restore such one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. And so we're to bear one another's burdens, we're to bear our own burdens, verse 4 and verse 2, but we're to bear other people's burdens as well, we're to help each other out, we're, we are brethren after all, we're family. And we won't go through the... Uh, the review for time's sake here, you see it's all in small letters anyhow. And so we, we left off on verse number uh, really six last week, of course, and, and uh, we want to be, begin with uh, uh, two, a true spirit-filled Christian strives to accomplish two things, first to bear burdens, and secondly we said to share blessings. We're to be blessing givers. Verse number six, let him that is taught in the word communicate that word has to do with distribute or give, or, or, and it has to do with the idea financially as well, unto him that teacheth in all good things. Uh, I just, this may sound self-serving, it's not. It's just, it's just a matter of fact that there are some Christians that believe that it's wrong to pay a pastor. Well, there's plenty of verses that uh, rebut that for sure. In 2 Corinthians, it talks about uh, the ox treads out the corn and the laborer is worthy of his hire, of course. And uh, this verse tells us that we are to 
communicate with uh, those that teach us the Word of God, of course. And so, uh, first of all, the Spirit-filled Christian, letter A on the worksheet, the Spirit-filled Christian seeks to communicate, or that means to fellowship or distribute. In the context, just for the record, again, it's, it says very point blank, let him that is taught in the Word. Hopefully you're being taught the Word of God right now. Amen. Communicate unto him that, or distribute unto him, or fellowship with him that teacheth in all good things. And the word is koinonia there, of course, and, uh, and uh, you folks uh, koinonia me quite well, quite frankly, and you communicate and uh, compensate me quite well, and the Lord's been, been blessed. But in the broader sense, we're to communicate and we're to fellowship and distribute to others in need as well. So the spirit-filled Christian seeks to communicate, but the legalist, contrary to the spirit-filled Christian, seeks to alienate, alienate. And he wants to divide, and he's a, he's a divider of the brethren. He's, he's all about himself. He's not out there to help anybody else. He's just out to help himself or herself, whatever the case might be. Verse number seven, be not deceived. God knows the real score, doesn't he? God is not mocked. Sometimes it seems like God is being mocked, doesn't it? I, I think, just let me just run a rabbit trail for a moment here. I think of all the millions of times, billions of times throughout the day that the Lord Jesus' name is used in blasphemy and cursing. And God's name is invoked to damn things and all the, the, the profanity that's spewed by the millions of tongues at the same time all around the world 24 hours a day. The Bible says, God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. There is coming a judgment day, of course. But back to our, the context, we're to be blessing sharers as spirit-filled Christians. And so verse number 8 says, For he that soweth to his flesh shall reap of his flesh corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. We're feeding the Spirit tonight, Lord willing. We're not feeding the flesh. Uh, maybe you fed the flesh. Nothing wrong with feeding that flesh. I'm talking about the the carnal part of us or the fleshly part of us, we need to have food. Uh, maybe you ate before you came here tonight here, of course, and nothing wrong with feeding our body and meat and uh, vegetables and so forth and what God's created for us. But we have to, it's not talking about that type of feeding. It's talking about carnal feeding or fleshly feeding or ungodly feeding of uh, the, 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 the old nature. But we are to feed the spirit. So letter B the spirit-filled Christian wants other saints to be blessed. There's law of sowing and reaping, and we, we, we looked at it last week, and just may do this quickly. There is that giveth and yet increases. There is who withholdeth more than me, yet attendance of poverty. Uh, I'll tell you a little story just for the record. Uh, the president was in Hershey, Pennsylvania last night, the home of Hershey Chocolate. And uh, I don't know if you saw that. I saw the, I think it was Milton Hershey, the owner of Hershey. Was it Milton? Anybody know the name? I think it was Milton Hershey was his name. And he was an entrepreneur back in the 20s and 30s, of course. And he, uh, he, he built Hershey, the, he built the town. He had made his millions in another way. And he built the whole town of Hershey and then designed a factory. He did, wanted to have a, a place for people to work at and enjoy their, their, have a good standard of living before he even knew what he was going to be making. An amazing story. And so he built the town. Of course, yeah, I've been to Hershey. I haven't been to the park, but there's an amusement park there today. And uh, I don't know if anybody's been to Hershey. Of course, I know there's museums there and so forth, and they make chocolate and so forth and so on. But uh, he was trying to be as good as he could be to the workers, of course. And then 
I think it was the 1930s, the workers revolted. They thought they should be getting more paid than they were getting. He already built them houses. He built them parks. He built them uh, libraries. He built them a uh, uh, town. And he, he brought them in from uh, the, the poor spots of New York City and other places, and they gave them a great living. And they revolted, and uh, they, they, stri they, 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 they striked. And uh, there was a big brawl. The farmers got so mad because they weren't buying their, they were buying the milk from the farms. And the farmers came in, there was a brawl, or rather a, a fight, a major fight, like 35 people were injured. I think one or two died. But he was, Milton Hershey was so devastated that he was trying to be good to uh, his workers, and they, 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 they wanted even more. They wanted to, uh, to uh, so I thought he should even do more for them. They were very ungrateful. But here the Bible says that a spirit-filled Christian wants to be a blessing, and there is a, and uh, I'm all, I mentioned it Sunday, I'll just say it again here, just to say, try to get the point here. I believe that God blesses capitalism, and, but capitalists uh, can, be, you can be guilty of being a capitalist and being envy, greedy or jealous or stingy. And God told us to, we, 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 freely, we freely give and, or freely receive, we should freely give. And so spirit-filled Christians ought to give of their bless, blessings and bounty but uh, not be forced to give, but uh, out of love be able to give. Verse number nine, and let us not be weary in well-doing. Now, by the way, sometimes, and I let my guard down here a little bit, but don't feel sorry for me, but sometimes, you, you, you like this too, don't you ever, you know, you, you try, try to do good, try to be uh, a good Christian and try to uh, be a blessing to people and you're, Blessings, or you're not uh, appreciated. You ever been that way? You ever had that happen to you? I'm sure that probably never happened to you, but uh, uh, no. Sometimes we're, we won't want to be blessing to people, and our blessing is not received, or it's we're we're taken advantage of, or what have you. But the spirit-filled Christian persevere even when fruit does not come seem seem to be forthcoming. Uh, again, I'll be evasive on purpose, but I have been popping in my mind. Uh, uh, a good deed that I did for somebody not too while a while back, and uh, not that I was expecting to get something out of it, but maybe I was expecting to get something out of it because because uh, I got nothing, not even a thank you out of out of what I did, and uh, I was a little bit little bit uh, hurt would be a little bit too strong a word, but it was uh, like uh, we really went out, and our church went out for this party. I'll just say, and I got to be on be evasive on purpose, obviously, but we gave we gave monetarily. We gave of our time, we gave of our efforts, we gave of our prayers, we gave of our, and I uh, haven't even got a thank you to speak of. And, uh, but that's okay. Um, maybe that, that day will come someday. And even if it doesn't, we did right, and you did right, you helped me to do right. And so uh, sometimes it seems like we're not blessed for our good works that we do. But the Bible says, let's not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Keep on doing right. And so uh, fill in the blank with uh, the word fruit. The legalist exhibits no patience. And I'm just, just for the record, I've said 118 times, here's 119, but ministry is messy, messy business. I want to see people get their act clean up, clean up their act quick. And ministry is long and painstaking and hard and arduous. And, and uh, people don't change overnight many times. People don't are not grateful overnight, but keep on doing right. And the 
legalist has no patience said, well, I'm not going to do that ever again. Verse number 10, as we have therefore opportunity, here it is again, let us do good unto all men. Now notice this though, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. We're brethren. Again, verse number one. They were, they were a part of the family of God. And so the spirit-filled Christian, letter D, seeks to be a blessing to all, not just themselves. So we should be a blessing to all. I got a neighbor, just for the record, uh, and I'll bring on one of my neighbors here for a moment here. I got an unsaved neighbor and uh, have, uh, when we first moved in, things didn't go too well. When they first moved in next to us, I guess I should say we had some, a run-in or two or something, and I was trying to be loving and kind and so forth, but it didn't, I didn't receive any uh, reciprocation back. And I said, they don't even like me. <laughs> I started getting a martyr's complex. Make a long story short, the other day, uh, well, I'm digging a hole here. I guess I started it. I got to finish my illustration. So, uh, uh, but my neighbor's been extremely nice to me just in recent days, recent weeks, and recent months. And in fact, he came over and he said, hey, let me plow your driveway for you. So, and he plowed my driveway hand, with a hand blower, of course, you know. And uh, gave me a hug, as a matter of fact. And I hardly know him, my neighbor. But uh, he just, uh, hey, man, he said, anytime you need, need it, just let me know. So you know what? I don't want to say that I finally won him over, but I want to say that we've been kind to him, kind to them for a while, and now we're seeing reciprocation. So let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap. But be, be kind to all men, whether they're Christians or non-Christians, of course. Be kind to men. And so we need to be blessings. And uh, blessing givers, eventually, you usually become blessing getters as well. So verses 11 through 15, and I you know I'm kind of hurrying along here tonight. We want to be done at a prudent time this evening. So let's look at verse number 11 and 12. And the marks of a spirit-filled Christian. The marks of a spirit-filled Christian. Paul said, you see how large a letter I have written unto you with my own hand. Now there's theological speculation, but most of the majority opinion, you say, what does that mean? Well, Paul actually wrote, he wrote on parchment. Of course, now they didn't have paper like we have paper, of course, today. I mean, parchment was very valuable or vellum was very valuable. And uh, of course, you didn't waste paper like we waste paper today for sure. And uh, and with pen and ink and so forth, they'd be careful, and you'd use it. It was very precious material. And uh, animal skin or uh, whatever you're writing on, it was very precious and hard to come by. So you didn't waste your words. You didn't waste, you just didn't scribble. You, everything was. And then if you wrote a large letter, he evidently wrote large letters because we believe that Paul was going blind. Obviously, if you don't write large letters on parchment or vellum or what have you, you, you can't write as much on a piece of paper. And Paul says, you see how large a letter I wrote unto you. Now, some, some say at first glance, we might say the volume of the letter, six chapters here in our Bible. But probably he wrote large letters. And because uh, he's going, and he wrote it with his own hand. Some of, these, some of the epistles he had in, uh, transcribed by scribes that he gave the words in, through the Holy Spirit of God. But Paul actually wrote these words himself. That's the whole point. And uh, so... But verse number 12 says this again, as many as desire to make a fair show in the flesh, i.e. the legalist, they constrain you or coerce you that you be circumcised 
only lest they should suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. And so fill in the blank with these words. The spirit-filled Christian seeks to glorify God. He gives God all the glory. But the legalist, the glory of self, he seeks to bring glory to him, self. See, the legalist says uh, they want to make a vain, as many as desire to make a fair show in the flesh, uh, they, they want outwardly to appear that they're godly because they've been the Jewish uh, uh, legalist, of course, was circumcised. And, of course, many Gentiles were not circumcised. And uh, he says, yeah, they constrain you to be circumcised as if so somehow you've got to be, Acts 15.1, we looked at that in order to be saved. Some felt that you needed to be circumcised. And that was Paul, the whole thesis for this book is that's a bunch of baloney. Uh, there's a circumcision of the heart, not of the flesh. Paul speaks about over and over again, in several times in this book alone. And so the legalist seeks to lift up and puff up himself and say, look how righteous I am. And uh, four things about legalists. First of all, they are, letter or number one, they are braggarts. They are braggarts. I've been circumcised, you have not been. You're unclean, I'm clean. Silly, ridiculous. They desire for you to be circumcised that you may have glory, in, that they, they may glory in your flesh. They don't want to glory in the Lord, they're glorying, well, I, I, I got him to do right. They're, they're, they're braggarts. Number two, they're co- compromisers or they're cowards. They're asking these adult Gentiles to be circumcised, these Gentiles to, to, to supposedly become holy, and yet they don't, want to, they don't want to suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. They, they, they don't want to have any, they, they, they don't want to, the Bible says, yea, and all the little godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. And so uh, they, uh, they're cowards. They want other people to suffer, but not themselves. Then number three, they are coercers or uh, sales talkers. And uh, they say, of course, again, in verse number 12, they desire to make a fair show in the flesh. In Romans chapter 16, verse number 18, they're smooth talkers, these legalists. They're, they're, they, it says in verse number 18, for, such are they, for, such, for they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly. And by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. They're all about legality. They're all about legalism. And of course, that's, they're, they're, they're all about self and vainglory, not the glory that's found in Christ. Then number four, verse 13. For neither they themselves who are circumcised keep the law, but desire to have you circumcised, that they may glory in your flesh. Again, number four, they are hypocrites. They're hypocrites. And Christianity is more than meat and meat and uh, a system of do's and don'ts. And uh, I was talking to a pastor today, as a matter of fact, we were talking about this today. There's something wrong with our Christianity when people know us for what, we're, for what we don't do more than they do what they, they know us for what we do do. We, we are, we're known for all our negativities. Well, they don't drink, they don't smoke, they don't curse, they don't, they don't have fun, they don't run around. Well, that's maybe all true, but they ought to be know, we ought to know what, they ought to know what we are for. We're for a good life. We're for, uh, for you to be blessed and you to be uh, materially blessed and uh, spiritually blessed. And, and people want to know what we're for. 
legalist, he's just all about all the don'ts and all the shame on you. And they're hypocrites. They won't lift a finger to help anybody. They just look down on people. Well, verses 14 to 16, let's look at verse 14. But God forbid that I should glory. Now Paul says this in the context. He says, I'm not going to glory in uh, the fact that uh, you Gentiles, remember Tim- Timothy, Timotheus was uh, Paul's son in the flesh, or son, son of the spirit rather, but he was a Gentile, he, or Greek, he wasn't circumcised. And of course the legalizers wanted him to be circumcised. Paul says, I'm not going to glory in that. There's no indication that Timothy ever was circumcised for the record. For neither they themselves who are circumcised keep the law. Uh, I'm sorry, verse number 14. But God forbid that I should glory, save if I'm going to glory in anything, I'm going to glory in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. And so the spirit-filled Christian glories in the cross. The legalist is just, quote-unquote, cross. He's just a jerk, pardon the language. Or she's just a jerk. Just put it bluntly. Put it where the rubber meets the road. Just all about don'ts and all about uh, casting judgment on other people. So the spirit-filled Christian knows the person of the cross. Paul said, I, want, I, I determined not to know anything in money save Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's what I want to know. He said these words here, verse number 14. Uh, He said some similar words in more elongated form in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, where he said, said, and I'm paraphrasing, he said, I thank God I didn't baptize any of you. He said, I thank God that I didn't come to you with wisdom, but in the power of the cross. Paul knew the person of the cross. Do you know the person of the cross? Do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? Then, then verse number 15, notice, For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creature or a new creation. If any man be in Christ, he's a what? New creature. All things are passed away, behold, all things have become new. And so the spiritual Christian knows not only the person of Christ, but he knows the power, or the person of the cross, rather, but the power of the cross. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. It's the power of the cross. There's power of salvation. There's power of deliverance. Jesus Christ paid for all our sins for us, and he died on that cross, and he was buried and rose again the third day. There's power in that truth. It's the power of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And so the spiritual Christian knows the person of the cross. He knows the power of the cross. But in verse number 16... And as many as walk according to this rule, peace on them. This rule, what rule? The, 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 the cross of Christ, the person of Christ, the power of Christ, or the power of the cross, rather. But, uh, but as many as are peace be on them and mercy and upon the Israel of God. I'll explain that in a moment. But the spirit-filled Christian number three knows the the purpose of the cross. That little phrase, in case you're confused, you say the Israel of God. Uh, there's two different interpretations, and I'm not sure myself which, which this is referring to, but either it's referring to the fact that Jews, of course, the Jewish Christians, they probably most all of them were circumcised to begin with, 
and so they are of the circumcision, where the Gentile Christians were of uncircumcision, right? So you got two different uh, types of people within the church body of Christ. Well, the Israel of God, some theologians believe it's talking about Jewish Christians that were really part of the prince, they're, they're part of the, the, uh, the people of God truly in their heart. Some think it's referring to both Gentiles and Jews that were part of the, the Israel of God, the prince of, were, were princes with God, were part of the chosen of God, were sons of God, were, were priests of God. And so we see this spiritual Christian knows the purpose of the cross. Then we get to the number four, the Apostle Paul, just as he closed out his book, this book, it says, verse number 17. From henceforth, let no man trouble me. Paul says, in the context now, after six chapters in our Bible, he lays out a cut and dry case, I mean, a slam dunk case that Salvation is not by legalism, not by works of righteousness, which you have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. That's all by the cross of Christ. He says, don't give me any more baloney, pardon my Marty Shot expression. He says, he says I'm not going to buy, I'm not going to listen to any more. Case closed. Salvation is by grace alone through the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. And Jesus paid it all in the story. Case closed. And so he says, for from henceforth, let no man trouble me, he says, Paul says, and he gives a vindication. He, says, he basically says, I know what I'm talking about. For I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. And so, first of all, Paul was a marked man. He was a marked man. Uh, we could turn to 1 Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, I believe it is. Or chapter 12, I'm, getting, I'm going off memory. I think it's 2 Corinthians chapter 12. In fact, it's probably in my Bible here. Uh, no, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 to 25 it is, where Paul, in fact, let me just turn there. It's just a few pages away in our Bible here. 2 Corinthians 11, verses 25, 23 through 25. Let me turn my page. He said in verse 23, are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool, I am more. In labors more abundantly, in stripes above measure. In prisons more frequent, in deaths oft. Of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes, save one. Thrice was I beaten with the rods. Once was I stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. shipwreck. A night and a day I was, had been in the deep. In journeyings often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness and watchings often, in hunger and thirst and fastings often, in cold and nakedness, besides all these things that are without that which come, becometh me, come upon me daily, the care of all the churches. He goes on for several more verses explaining that he bore in his body literally the, the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not that he was crucified, but he, he was a uh, recipient of the of tribulation for walking a uh, godly walk with Christ. The Bible says, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. So he ends this book of liberty saying that, hey, I bear in my, bar, my, my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. I know what I'm talking about. I've lived it. But then he ends this, notice he ends the same way that he began the chapter with brethren. He wants to end this 
epistle, like almost all of his epistles, with a word of encouragement and a word of comfort. So he ends with this uh, uh, benediction. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. Notice that he ends the same way he began the book. In fact, the same way he began every one of his epistles. Paul was not only a marked man, but Paul was a graced man. He was a graced man. Everything that he gloried in, he gloried in. He had nothing to glory in the flesh, but everything to glory in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, we have only one thing to glory in, and that is the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that what? Not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. And so we get this great grace that's marvelous, infinite, matchless grace of our loving Savior. Let's bow for prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word tonight. Lord, thank you for this wonderful book. Lord, help us to be, Lord, brethren that care for one another, brethren that are blessing to one another and blessing to all men. Help us, Lord, to be not hearers of the word, but doers. Help us, Lord, to not be critical and legalistic, but, Lord, loving and kind and gracious. Lord, and help us to bear in our body the marks of the Lord Jesus. Help us to endure tribulation with patience. And, Lord, uh, also know that we are... Everything that we have, we have but by grace, and your grace is sufficient for us. Pray you bless us as we close out our, our Wednesday night service tonight, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing that marvelous, infinite, matchless grace. It is 241, I think it is. I'm going off memory.